0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. All right. Well, uh, this morning we're going to be starting a new series called uh, The Prodigal God. And uh, in Luke, there's this famous parable in Luke 15 uh, about the prodigal son. And so what we're going to discover over the next three weeks is that it's not just the son that's prodigal, but it's also the older brother and the father as well. So if you look up the word prodigal, it's actually on the front of your bulletins there. Uh, it's characterized characterized by profuse or wasteful expenditure or reckless spendthrift, yielding abundantly. So if you know the story, if you guys have ever heard the story before, we're going to get into it in a second. But you already know that the younger brother is prodigal because of the things that he does and the wastefulness that he has with his money and not caring about his father. But also we're going to look at how the older brother... And his abundance of pride is prodigal, as well as the father with this crazy amount of grace and love. So it's not going to be just the younger brother. So I have an opening question for you guys. This is going to be like a little interaction time. Uh, I want you to answer, what's something that you've tried to do on your own, your way, that didn't turn out the way that you planned it? So go ahead and turn to somebody else and tell them your little crazy story, and then I'm going to grab a couple all right, I'm going to grab a couple. I just need hands. Hook me up. I want a couple of these crazy stories. I heard lots of laughing and chattering. I still hear that. Okay, hands. Yes. Life. Okay. Sure. Totally. didn't turn out the way you planned it to. All right. What's another one? Yes. Fixing, the dryer. Fixing and dryer. I can't even imagine. Were they on fire at the end? Uh, what's another one? What's that? Car modifications. modifications. Started with a car, got a truck. It's awesome. (laughs) One more, I want one more. A dream RV. A dream RV. It was a nightmare, right? (laughs) All right, so uh, the story that we're going to read from in Luke today, it's commonly also referred to as the lost son. And so uh, a lot of people just kind of squish those together because the stories before that is about the lost uh, sheep, and then the lost coin. And so a lot of times they just get bundled together. While there's some similarities in these stories, what we're going to see today is that Jesus takes this last story to a whole new level about the prodigal son. And so if you guys want to go and open up your Bibles, uh, right now we're going to go to Luke 15. It's a little bit past the middle. Uh, Luke is, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's also, if you guys have the Bibles that are on your chairs, it's page 1035. So you guys go ahead and open up Luke 15. Luke 15. So a good way to really understand the scripture is to try to understand what's going on or whom the scripture is really talking to or about. And so that's how we're going to kind of get into this. So Luke 15, 1 says, now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And so Jesus told this parable. So the Pharisees, I explained this before, but the Pharisees like the Mall cops. they like like the rules, they like, they like things like their way, and they've already like puffed up. And, and they don't like that Jesus hang out with sinners because you don't hang out with sinners. It's way below you. And so Jesus being God and knowing the heart of man, he begins to tell these parables. And it's kind of like when you know, you're talking to other people, but really you're talking to somebody else. So I'll give you a good example. My, my wife's good at this one, and I'm really bad at this one. When we'll get dressed up and we're going nice somewhere, and, like, we're going out or, like, even we're going to church or something like that, and uh, my little daughter, Maddie, she'll, she'll come to her afterwards. She's already come, like, hey, you ready? Let's go. We're always, right, ready to go. Let's go do this. Okay, great. Everybody's here. And uh, she'll come out and be like, oh, Madeline, you look so beautiful today. Isn't it nice when someone tells you how beautiful you look? And I'm always like... Burr. You, she's talking to her, but you know it's one of those little sly comments that it's like, I'm already like four steps behind. So the rest of the day, you're just thinking like, how am I going to make up for this? Because now it's not the good time. You've got to like surprise them again. So that's kind of what Jesus is getting ready to do, like the sideways slap. <clears throat> so like I said, Jesus being God and knowing the hearts of man, he starts to tell this parable. And so uh, he talks about this first parable about uh, suppose that you had a 100 lost sheep. And one was missing. How he would leave, the shepherd would leave all the lost sheep in open country and go find that one. And when he found him, he would put that lost sheep up on his shoulders and come back and call his friends and be like, I found my lost sheep and rejoice and be happy in that, that God would do the same thing. And so then it tells the next story about the woman who lost the coin. She had 10 silver coins and she had lost one. So she lit a lamp. And swept her house out and cleaned. And then when she finally found that one coin out of those 10 and had her 10th coin back, she called her friends and said, let's party and rejoice because what was lost has now been found and how important that is. So the last five weeks, uh, we just ended a study on the media that I wanted to be. And during the week, we had uh, the study here, part of our community group and a deeper discipleship process. And 40, the average of 40 unconnected people each week came to this. That was awesome. From that, they challenged themselves to be a part of something that was deeper than themselves. And from that, 25 new people have committed to start coming to a community group weekly. So that's great. That's really exciting news. Sure. That kind of stuff, that kind of stuff makes God's heart happy. To see his people wanting to take their faith to another level and grow in him. But do you understand that when one person that was far from God that it was lost, comes back to him that all of heaven rejoices and how much bigger and different that is and how much that really makes his heart. you guys just watch the video, to hear those amazing videos, or hear those amazing videos, <laughs> to hear that amazing video and to see it and hear those testimonies of people who on their different walks of life and their travels through life were far from home and came back to know God and then showed that to everyone through baptism. They came back to their father. So after hearing this stuff, the Pharisees, the Pharisees are now like ticked. Jesus just drew like the line in the sand. I'm like, wah, wah. <clears throat> And so they're like upset right now. And they're like doing the total mutter thing. Have you ever like muttered about someone? Have you ever thought about just muttering? You know, you see somebody else, you like, mutter, bam, like, wah, wah. Or someone mutters about you. And that's what they're doing. They're just muttering about this, upset about this, thinking about it. So uh, he starts to tell this next story, which is about a son who gets lost and goes off and does his own thing and comes back. And the father is rejoicing and accepting him back. There's this big party and the brother gets upset and whines a lot at the very end. And it sounds like it's going to be the same thing. Just reiterating the point. But what we're going to see is that it's very different. Again, it makes sense to us that the younger brother was prodigal and crazy because uh, he, was, he takes off and spends all this money. He's very spendthrift on crazy stuff and trouble. And then he lost it all. And he comes back and he works his way back. But it makes sense that he's bad because it makes sense that he's prodigal and that he deserves what he gets because he's been very bad. Like we understand that. Hey, that was a bad decision. On the other hand, at the end we're gonna see the older brother. We're gonna find out the end of the story that he's equally lost because he's very good. And it's different. He's a rule follower. And that's what he's about. And some of us are going to see how, hey, I've been good, and I've done good works, and I, 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 and then I deserve. And there's no father in that, and there's no savior in that, and I, or I deserve. The older brother wants things from the father as well, just like the younger brother does, but he wants it because he's very good. They both seem to care more about the father's things than they seem to care about the heart of the father. They both find out that they love the father's things more than they love the father himself. Is there any of us that ever start thinking that? So I've been traveling back and forth the last three months between Arizona and here, kind of transitioning. I'm here, my family's coming on Tuesday, or Thursday. I'm super excited. I wish it was Tuesday. <clears throat> so I come back, my daughter's almost three, actually three, in uh, the middle of July, and I come back and she'd be like, hey, You got a present for me? (laughs) I I missed you. I was so excited to see you. She just cares about, like, what I may have gotten her. (laughs) She she loves my stuff more than me. (laughs) So uh, uh, when I was home, too, uh, she was, like, she gets in these little tangents where she's, like, all about dad or all about mom. And so she was all about me. And mom was, like, hey, I love you. And she's, like, And, like, she didn't want nothing to do with it. So I was trying to help mom out. We had gone to Costco and got a bunch of berries. She, like, loves... Berries, and uh, <clears throat> and so I was like, "Hey, mom, got you a present." And like, you know how to, just, we're always just like, a, "Ooh, like, what are you gonna do for me? This is great." So she's like, "What is it?" And so mom tells her, "Like, oh, it's berries. You can eat them." And she's like, "Oh," and then she goes, "Is there a diamond in it?" <laughs> First of all, I don't know where she got that. She's not three yet, but she's on her way. <laughs> she totally said that. We're like, "Wow, that was intense." But see, again, like we're just naturally, we start sometimes to to care about what we can get and what people have for us, rather than loving the heart of the Father himself. So many times we've fallen into that, and so uh, now we're going to read this story and hear more specifically about that. So in uh, Luke 15, and it starts uh, in verse uh, 11, okay, so... The son, there's a son and there's father. He's got lots of land and lots of servants and stuff like that. And so the servant, uh, the son goes up to his dad and says, we need to talk. And so you always know it's serious. Like, we need to talk in private. So he got up to dad and was like, hey, you know, dad, this is great. I'm super having a good time. And you're really, like, have a lot of stuff. And I really think I just want to kind of do my own thing now and go off and do my own thing. But I need you to give me my inheritance, which is all my money. So the dad listened instead of slapping him upside the face like he should have, because <laughs> he loves his son, and uh, said, oh, okay, why do you think he should do that? Well, there's just things I got to do, and I just can't wait. And I know it sounds like I basically wished you were dead <laughs> so I could get my inheritance, but I don't, but I want what you got. So will you just let me go do my thing, because it's time to start discovering things on my own. So the dad does it. He loves his child and he gives him money and says, okay, I've got to let you go you're making your own decisions. So the son goes out and buys like the three hump camel and uh, <laughs> like Cadillac series, Llama E special um, and like loads it all up with all of his stuff. He's like ready. He's on top of the world and he starts heading out, man. He is going off the far country. And he starts like cruising off, going through his father's land, and he looks over, and he sees like all these sheep, and he's like, man, man, if I don't ever have to sleep w- with the sheep again, man, this is good. What I got going on right now is going to be good. So like, he's going a little further and sees all the fig trees in the figs field, and like, man, I never have to eat a fig again. Oh, man, life is good, man. I am on my way to far country. And then he looks over and sees all the wheat and stuff, and if I don't ever have to hold a Sith again, oh, this is good, man, me and my 3 hump camel. We are on our way to far country. And then he sees a sign that says, Far country, it's not as far as you think. <laughs> and then he's going on and he sees like the pigs and the dirt, he's like, oh man, don't ever have to be slopping in the mud again. This is going to be great. And he sees another sign that says, What happens in far country stays in far country. <laughs> he is on his way. So he goes out there and is. Party time, man. He is throwing down. It is like on him. Everything. Woo! They're like, he is in it to win it all the way. Left field. And uh, next thing he knows, man, I don't got no more money. So he's like, I need some more money to party. I can walk. I can get a ride with my friends because everybody loves me because I got the money. So trade's in the three, hump, <clears throat> Get some money. Bum and rides and has a good old time. Next thing you know, he's just on empty. Like, he goes to the ATM, there's nothing there. Starts asking his friends, his friends don't want to be his friends no more because he don't got the money, and they never had him to begin with. So now he's with nothing, and then a famine falls over the land. Now everybody has nothing. And so he's by himself, and he's gotten into this deep, dark hole. We know people like that, don't we, who've run off on their own. We say, you're about to get exactly what you deserve. You made your bed, now lie in it. I know, I thought that same thing before. We might see a family where everything seems so great, and they got everything, man. They got the house, the kids, the family, the stuff. And then you hear that somebody messed up, and ran off, had an affair. Man, you blew it. You deserve everything you're about to get. You messed up. You say that. Then you even maybe have like a sibling. You're like, what? What happened to you? We grew up in the same house. How did this happen? You start first by bailing them out all the time. And then first you're just doing it because you're compassionate about it. You feel bad. And then it seems to start to grow like a little callous on you. And then it starts turning into frustration. And then even you start might, feeling angry about it. You may have people that you have totally written off. Said, forget you. You made your bed, now lay in it. Learn your lesson. A lot of us respond this way. But there's some of you guys out there right now today that say, oh, I can relate to that. That's my story. It's a little bit of my story too. There was a time I left my father and I wanted to make my own decisions and my friends and family chased after me because that's not where I was made to be. And they came and ran after me. When I hear these stories... It makes me think and ask the question, why did he run? Why do we run? It doesn't really tell us. So that's kind of the tough part. Was it, I asked, was it really thinking the grass is greener on the other side? I can do things myself. I can take care of myself. I'm a big boy now. And the key to remember is, is that God always grows green grass. and A lot of times we forget that. So... I had uh, graduated from high school, and I was living in Arizona at the time. I went out to California, and I had this problem with my back. I had to go get an MRI. So this is like one of the big first events I was going to do on my own without mom going to the doctor with me. It's a big deal. So I was feeling good because I drove myself there. I had my own little insurance card. I, like, walked in, signed myself in, sat there, flipped around a magazine acting like that's what you're supposed to do. <clears throat> I used to always just play with the toys. <laughs> and so uh, I did my thing. They called me uh, back to the back. I'm like, yep, it's just me. No one else following me in. Let's go on to the back. So the, um, I have to get an MRI. How many of you guys have ever had an MRI? Yeah, it's like a big, like, toilet paper tube. That's crazy. <laughs> you slide in it. So they, like, take me to this room. They're like, hey, you know, you need to get on a gown. And go in this little room and take off all your clothes, stuff your shirt, You can leave your shirt on, and then put on a gown. So I'm like, okay. They're, like, there's stuff in the cabinets and go ahead and fold up all your clothes and put them underneath the little door and we'll grab them and put them in a the locker because you are going to have your keys and walker, uh, wallets over there. So I'm like, cool. So I like, you know, get undressed, put all my stuff down there and I start like looking in the cabinets and I see one thing, it's like small. So I'm like yeah, this, not me, I Let's go to the bottom. So grab another gown, it's like extra small. So I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> it's like one size fits small, everything. <laughs> So I'm like looking, I'm like, wow, this is gonna work. So I've gone through everything now. And I'm like, in my Tigger shirt, it was awesome. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't doing much. So uh, I like look back, and I'm like, well, I need something else. So I turn around to get my clothes, and they'd already been like slyly taken. And I'm like, they're playing a sick joke on me. <laughs> so I'm like, hello? <laughs> because I'm not gonna walk out there, nothing. And I'm sure they were on the corner like snickering, hmm, what's it gonna do? <laughs> And so I'm like, oh, so I'm like, man, nothing. Oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? So I get creative, so I take one of those like smalls, which is like this way long and this way, and like take it and wrap it around tight on the side. So I have a sweet slit around the side. Short skirt, and I'm like, I'll rock it until they give me something else. So I'm like awkward, I go out there, I'm like, hey, nothing was my size. You got anything else I'm like, oh wow, that's very creative this way? I'm okay. So again, so again, mom's not there, so I'm like, maybe this is normal. <laughs> She just always like stops this stuff so like I start like walking with them like okay I'm like a big boy now I'm like on my own got my own insurance card here we go I'm rocking in and going to this tube and there's this nice old lady she's like hey welcome to MRI I'm like thanks great so like I sit down on the edge and get my skirt fixed and I'm totally learning all about it like in the in the in the moment so she puts on these big headphones because the machine's like really loud it's like womp 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 all crazy and it's got, like, cool Enya on there, like, who can say? And I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm really relaxed. <laughs> so she's got a pillow, and she's like, okay, well, can you hear me okay? I'm like, yeah, it's great. I can hear you good. She's like, okay, well, we're just going to get comfortable, lay down and start the thing, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, cool. So, like, I lay down this little pillow, get my skirt fixed, and <laughs> me and Tigger's shirt are on the way in. So I start going in, and it's, like, kind of, like, squeezing on my shoulders a little bit, and she's like, is that okay? I'm like, yeah, it's kind of tight, but it's okay. Well let me know if it gets too tight. I'm like, okay. guys. Like, who can say it? And I'm like, oh, this is in, yeah, it's awesome. <clears throat> so I'm like getting in there further, and it's this bed that pushes you in. So I'm like going in and going in and going in. And it's like starting to pop my back. I'm like, oh gosh, hey, I think it's getting a little too tight. And my nose was like rubbing on the top. Now I'm not like I'm not like claustrophobic, but I could like get that way real quick. It was one of those like where you you, like, breathe out the side of your mouth to, like, get the cold air because it's fresh. You know what I'm talking about? So I'm, like, doing the, like, breathing, staying calm. I'm like, oh, this is this is awesome. I'm by myself. Big boy. So, <clears throat> like, okay. I, I am, like, uncomfortable. And it's popping back. She's like, okay, well, we're just going to move it out just a little bit. And we'll just try something else. I'm like, okay. So she starts to move the bed. And the bed moves and I don't. So all of a sudden, she doesn't help the situation because all of a sudden, on the mic going, ah! oh my gosh, are you okay? And all, suddenly I'm like, whoa, wait, something bad's happening. And I'm like, ah! That's my hands, my legs are kicking everywhere. I'm like halfway, it's like Winnie the Pooh in the rabbit hole. And I'm like, pff, pff, pff. like banging my head like crazy on this wall. I am now claustrophobic and I want to be like Superman and bust out of this thing it ain't budging. So she's like, who can And it's like sideways. I'm like, shut up! <laughs> so now she's like, oh gosh, calm down! Calm down. So I'm like, burr, burr, burr. <laughs> like freaking out inside this thing. It's okay though, this is like normal, because I'm a big boy and mom's not there. And right about now I'm starting to want mom there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's like, hold on, we're just gonna put the bed back in and then move it back out. So I'm like, okay, sounds good. So she starts to put the bed back in and it catches my butt lip. I know, I just said that, sorry. So it starts to push me back in, and now I'm really freaking out. So I'm like all over the place. I don't even care about my skirt anymore. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I feel like these two giant arms pulling me out. I'm like... (laughs) I get up, get adjusted, I came out, and the lady's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I'm like, don't know whether to like slap her, give her a hug. It's like one of those moments. And at that time... (laughs) At that moment, the thing I wanted the most was mom. Man, I was going, Mom, where's my mom? And a lot of times, that's what happens to us, man. We get into these deep, deep holes and we run away and do our own thing. And all of a sudden, we're like, Mom. And then we switch it, God. I'm by myself. Sometimes our curiosity and pride in those moments leads us to a point that we experience pain that we never intended to experience. I think, too, maybe he was running. Maybe he was running because he had done something stupid and figured it would be best to leave or concoct this crazy story to cover it up. How many of us go to such great lengths to concoct some crazy story to cover something up so that people won't really know what happens? Because if they knew what was really happening in me, they would not be accepting to me and they wouldn't love me. There's people in this room right now that have gone so far, so long away from God that they think that he couldn't even love you. I I can talk to my own story once too. My dad let me borrow his nice, brand new sweet truck for prom. It was awesome. I was on my way home, and I started playing this sick game at three o'clock in the morning of like, hey, that's crazy. My eyes were just closed, now they're open. I don't remember what happened back there. (laughs) <laughs> was that light green or red? And uh, next thing I knew, like, I was just tired. I, like, had the windows down. I'm screaming music. And I was, didn't want to pull over. And next thing I knew, I was, like, bouncing through stuff and saw a telephone pole and saw something else swerve, hit something, was out in the middle of a field. After I saw there was a bunch of damage on the truck, I pottied myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then I uh, called my dad or my mom and said, don't wake up, Dad. Just come get me. <laughs> So they came and I concocted this crazy story because I was scared and I was like hiding. And I was like, yeah, there's a, I was just looking, where am I going? And I was like, whoa, and there's, a, there's like a coyote. And I'm like, whoa, coyote. <laughs> whoa, it was crazy. I know. huh They're like, did you, are you sure you didn't fall asleep? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so sometimes we run because we're afraid of the consequences because it's easier to hide than it is to deal with reality sometimes. And we surround ourselves with the wrong people in life. Sometimes we do that too. In Proverbs thirteen twenty, it says, "He who walks with the wise will be wise, and he who walks with fools will suffer harm." Maybe he just surrounded himself with some loser friends that were like, "Come on, dude, get your dad's money and let's go party." I mean, there's two spots on your three hump camel. <laughs> we're in for the, we're in it. We rarely go down the road of stupidity alone, huh? Two friends have the heart of the father, and they run after you. Or maybe he just got sick and tired of living in the shadow of his older brother. You know, the older brother that's like, hey, I did it before you wanted to. Hey, Dad, I did everything you wanted and more. Do I get a gold star now? Like sometimes you just want to like karate chop those people in the face, right? You just brown-nose his death. Do you know what it's like to live with somebody else that you feel that you can never measure up to? Where you feel like you're never good enough, some of our marriages, our friendships, our relationships are critical. And some of them may literally be on life support today because one of you is critical all the time. Because one of you feels like you can never measure up and feels no matter what that you're never good enough. Maybe he left because he felt like he could never measure up to his older brother. I don't know why he left. I don't know. Why are you running? Why did you leave home? Why did you run away from your father? In Luke 15, 14 through 17, I want you guys to look at that. It says... uh, After he had spent everything, there was a, sin, a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to the fields and fed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs had eaten, but no one gave him anything. So then, verse seventeen, right here this is what I want you to focus on: when he came to his senses, when he came to his senses that click, sitting there probably wrestling a pig with a cob, which already was dirty in Jewish culture, to be working with the pigs. He's fighting pigs for food, and it pops on his head. He came to his senses. What's it going to take for us to come to our senses? I've seen fathers lose their families and kids because they couldn't lose the bottle. I've seen girls lose themselves in self-image And self and stuff, and an empty feeling of love because they gave themselves away to someone else for this lost, empty feeling of love. I've seen people make bad decisions and come to their senses. And then they sit there and say, Oh my gosh, what have I done? Oh my gosh, what have I done? Was running really that fun? Being away from your father, being away from home, which was created for you, really worth it? Is that what you pictured and had in your mind when this whole plan started? This is an amazing story that we're going to unpack the next two weeks. And the words that I want you to see in Luke 15, 17, it says, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home. At home. Those are the two words. The very first thing that comes to his mind when he came to his senses was his father at home. It takes him partying and blowing everything. Running and doing his own thing for him to finally realize all he ever wanted and needed was at home with his father. You may not get this but I think that your soul will resonate with this. You were made to be at home. You were made to be at home with your Heavenly Father. The only place you'll ever truly feel home is with the Father. How ironic is it that the very thing that our souls long for, we run from. It's not just the story of the younger brother. It's the story of humanity. We see it in the very beginning Adam and Eve, and they sinned. They ran and they hid from God. They hid. And God came looking for them. And we watched and we heard about Adam and Eve. We've just followed ever since. We've just done the same thing and run and hide. And then we see what happens. God goes looking for him, walking through the garden. Adam, where are you? Come out. And years later, God would send his own son, Jesus Christ to go looking for us and woo us out of hiding. I don't care how far you've run and I don't care how long that you've run. I know that you were made for a home and there's a loving father waiting for you with open arms that you can start running to. You guys pray with me?